This is the Glasses by Day Geek by Night podcast episode 14. I'm Matt and today I'm going to be reviewing and moaning about some geeky stuff. Please give me a follow, like or a comment, good or bad, I'm not bothered. If you want me to cover something in particular, let me know. On today's episode I'll be talking about the new Buffyverse show on Audible, James Gunn and what characters I think the old Justice League could play in DC and Marvel, about five of KO of the week, and my comic to read before you die this week is The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was big in the 90s. It had everything you could want. A strong female lead, which has been criticised over previous years, like we haven't got them. We even had that god-awful moment in Avengers Endgame where all the female characters came together to save the day. It was unnecessary, unneeded. Anyone who's watched any of those Marvel films knows how powerful the women are. If anything, the women are incredibly more powerful than the men. The scene was degrading and took away from their awesomeness. They needed to be shown saving the day as they are, not in some contrived way to make the director and writer feel like they've included them and make them feel better about themselves. Infinity War did the same thing, but in a much less sexist way. None of it was needed. If a female character is a hero, then let her be a hero. Buffy was doing this back in 1997, 22 years before Endgame was released. It's like they forgot about all the strong female characters from back in the day. We had Buffy, Xena, even She-Ra, and much, much more, I'm sure. If they want to stream a strong female character, they, they only have to look for the past, look to the past for inspiration. Anyway, back to Buffy. It ran for seven seasons from 1997 to 2003, dealt with vampires, demons, gods, unnecessary relationships between a 270-ish year old vampire and a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, what is it with old vampires wanting to get their end away with jailbait? I just don't understand it. It needs to stop. It needs to be sorted. Anyway, you know, the fact that they might look young doesn't make them young. So, we need a vampire story where the vampire refuses to be with anyone under 100 years old. Buffy ended with their helm off being destroyed and the first evil dying, being destroyed, wiped out completely. All the Slayers on the planet who had potential to be Slayers were now Slayers. So now there's hundreds, if not thousands, of potential Slayers coming into their powers and coming out of the woodwork. So the Buffyverse story that we're going to talk about today, it it happens 20 years after the show ended. Um, It's on Audible. And it basically, it is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer show, but it has a twist. Buffy the Vampire, Buffy, Buffy Summers never existed. She was never the Slayer. So the idea of this is that Cordelia Chase, we all know her from the first, you know, from the first like three series of Buffy, and then she went on to do Angel. She um, was part of the Whedon scandal stuffs where he was um, bullying her, and apparently that's the reason why she ended up being fired from the show, um, because she stood up to him slightly. Anyway, so... This new Audible series was wrote by Amber Benson, so she played Tara in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer series. If we all know, she was killed off pretty, you know, pretty badly. She got shot and um, killed, sent Willow on a bit of a spiral, if anyone remembers. Um, and it was wrote, also wrote by Christopher Golden. So Golden has wrote over 20 Buffy the Vampire Slayer novels, so he's pretty up on the universe. And I think he's just keen to make his own, his really his own spin on the whole thing so 
set 20 years after the events of the original series and it begins with Spike he's gone deep undercover in Los Angeles convincing the forces of darkness that he's back to his evil ways so if if anything else the, the series is worth a listen just for James Masters, he's brilliant I recently saw, I saw him last year in um, Comic Con Scotland and he, he's just brilliant, he is just like, he's just brilliant to listen to, he's, he's, he's great so he's back to, apparently he's pretending to be back to his evil ways, um, his cover's compromised when a 16 year old, Indira Noonali, so she's a baby slayer, she's, she's just got her powers that particular day, she's gone out to find vampires and slay them so he finds himself on baby slayer sitting duties once more um he attempts to track down it's the whole thing to start off with is him attempting to track down a watcher for the for the egan new slayer and they cross paths with cordelia chase the slayer and um well the one and only slayer i suppose and cordelia needs spike's help with um taking down a classic big bad, his old flame, Drusilla. So Drusilla is still alive in this particular universe. That I think that's what I love about what they can do these days. Like Marvel have done it, um, DC do it all the time as well. What ifs are big? And I kind of feel like the fact that, you know, like you could literally do anything now. Everything's about alternate universes. You know, Invincibles, Invincibles doing it, Marvel have done it, Marvel are overdoing it probably, if I'm honest. Um, DC kind of went into it with the Flash movie, but the least we say about that, the better. Um, yeah, so it's just an interesting direction and it takes, it, it just takes a, a completely new spin to the Buffy verse. And I think that's what I quite like about it. I also think that one of the things that I'm looking forward to with the Audible series is the fact that you know, we know some of these characters. We 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 know we know the ins and outs of them. So you've got like Cordelia. We you know we've known her as what you know the bully. You know the the girl who lost the boy and all you know all that stuff kind of thing. And then she goes to Los Angeles, and we all know her from the Angel series and how it all ended up for her. The idea is this is a totally different Cordelia. She's been you know. She's been walking the planet as the Slayer for years and years. She's doing a job that statistically they die young, you know, and she's still doing it. You know, she's basically a warrior. She's been doing it for years. Who knows what she's seen? You know, we've got Giles coming back and we, we know Giles. His character shouldn't have changed that much other than the fact that, you know, what has happened to him over the past 20 or 20 odd years, you know what I mean? Spike is exactly the same, but he's, he's been good for a lot longer now than when we saw him. He'd only just got his soul back at the end of Buffy. And he was an angel as a, as a ghost and then corporeal again. You know, the, the idea is especially like Tara as well, you know, she's alive, you know, what what has she experienced in all this? I I think what ifs are just brilliant for stuff like this because it gives us a, a new a new thought into it. You can also cross cross over the universes at some point, and I think that could be something to look at. So I look forward to listening to it this weekend and giving you maybe a little lowdown on it next time. The idea is I I do think it's going to be a good story and. I do like a good retelling of something that we think feel like we know 
the ins and outs of. A good what if story is definitely something to go go with. So that came out on October the twelfth, and it's on Audible now. So, as of late, James Gunn has been cleaning house with the DC Extended Universe. So, he's promised three people to keep their jobs thus far, and that Zolo, Mara Joanna as Blue Beetle, Viola, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, and John Cena. So, Viola Davis and John Cena have got a series upcoming with Peacemaker, and I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why they're keeping their job, because it's in, as far as I know, it's in production. Uh, Zolo as um, I started the film the other day, I haven't finished it yet, but it looked to be alright, um, maybe that's one of the reasons why they're keeping him round, that said, it didn't exactly you know, wow people at the box offices, um, what they made didn't really equal what they'd spent on it, so realistically, who knows if that's going to be the real deal or not, so I heard a thing, I heard a rumour that um, James Gunn was, you know, there was a possibility of him keeping round the old Justice League, and putting them in new roles within the DC Extended Universe. So it got me thinking, if we could put any of those characters anywhere else within the DC Universe, or any universe, what would we do with them? So I think that Jason Momoa is probably the easiest to place, because I feel like his whole look, I feel like he's moulded himself after Lobo. I don't see how anyone else could play Lobo. I really, Realistically, I feel like you know, a bit of white skin paint, he's sorted. White skin paint, some black makeup around the eyes, he's sorted. He, he, he's already playing the part anyway. Um, so, realistically, I can't see anyone else playing Lobo. So, if they don't cast Jason Momoa as Lobo, there is a problem. And I think there was talks about the possibility that him being cast in the Superman Legacy film. So, I think, realistically, that would be a, that would be a brilliant casting. And it would be a way to just keep him round. I think the next Aquaman has to be possibly more clean cut version of the character. I hate when they diverge too much from the the source material. Anyway, the Aquaman in my head is you know blonde, you know doesn't have the long hair. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like you know go source material for the next one. Don't need to, you know, just pick a big character for it. I don't, you know, I don't think we need that anymore. Um, pick someone we don't know. Pick someone that is, you know, maybe not as large as life as him. I don't know. I kind of feel like he overwhelms the Aquaman character for my for my liking. Love Momoa though. Don't get me wrong. Um, Henry Cavill, obviously, he's been knocked out of the um, Superman role. This David Corrin sweat, which I kind of feel like. If you look at them, you know, you squint a little bit, they're the same person. So I kind of feel like, realistically, they didn't exactly go for anything different there. So they might as well have just kept him in the character role. Um, I'm hoping James Gunn has seen something that 
we haven't seen thus far out of David Corrinsweth. So the idea is, where would I put Henry Cavill within the DC Universe? I reckon he'd make a sweet Jarrell. I think put him as a Jarrell character, keep him within the Superman Universe. He could be, he could almost have the 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 fortress being, you know, you know having him talk to him like in in the latest episodes of uh, in the latest incarnation of the superman um with superman and lois so tyler hoekland superman goes and talks to jarell and he's um he's a hologram but it is him and i know they had that in the film they had jarell doing it but only for the first film um in man of steel so the idea is i reckon that they could quite easily put henry cavill into that role and he'd fit in well in it i reckon Give him his English accent. Don't don't let him do anything different other than just being, you know, no accent. You know, just be Jarrell. Throw a few quips in there, you'd be sound. Gal Gadot, where would Gal Gadot fit into the DC universe? Hmm. I reckon make her a villain. I reckon we've got some pretty decent villains out there. Hmm. Who could we be? You know what? I'd make her Talia Al Ghul. I think she'd be pretty decent at that. I feel like a bit of the accent in there. You know, we know that she can do some of the stunts. Well, maybe not stunts, but she can probably learn some fight choreography. I think even if you chucked her in against um, Parsons, um, Parsons Batman, I think that'd be pretty decent. Yeah, Talia Al Ghul for um, Gal Gadot. Is she too old? No, she's not too old for it. Pattinson's older than me. Yeah. I think that that would work for me, I reckon. A little spawn, yeah, spawn a little Damien Wayne out of it. Yeah, that would work. So, I'm going... Momoa at the moment is Lobo. I'd go Cavill, Jarrell. Gadat, I would put in as Talirao Ghoul. So, where would... I reckon Affleck would make a decent... Hawkman, a Carter Hall. Yeah, I kind of feel like you think of the the comic versions of them. I think you, you know if you if you put ripped version of Affleck in, I think Carter Hall. You know, possibility that he's going to sacrifice himself and be reborn later on. I really think that you're know, like as one, he could be one of the older characters that could lead the new generation. I really think that that would be pretty, pretty decent. Yeah, I'd put him in as a Hawkman. Um, as Carter Hall, yeah, wield a mace, you know, strap on wings, yeah, pretty decent. Um, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy um, the guy who played it in Black Adam, but Black Adam for me was also just a bit of a flop, so just didn't really do anything for me. Um, I'm actually pretty sure I switched off halfway through because it just it, yeah, you know, it's just the Rock being the Rock all the way through and. Most of the time, I haven't got a problem with it. But you bring that into a superhero film that, well, it's not even a, in my eyes. Black Adam's not even a superhero. It's just, it's just an anti-hero that they've. That's one thing that I really hate about what they do in these comics, in these comic book films, it's where they take a villain and just go, oh, you know what? We'll make them into an anti-hero, and to do that, you have to, you have to make them. You know, redeemable, likable, and it's almost like you're just you're just making them into the the hero of the story. And I I don't need that. It's like with all the the Fox, the Venom, 
Morbius stuff. It it just didn't need to happen. So no, get rid of that altogether. So we've got um, Momoa as Lobo, Gadat as Talia Al Ghul, Cavill Jarrell, and then we've got Affleck as Hawkman. So who have we got left? Ezra Miller. Uh, Ezra Miller, I feel like, needs to go and get some help and sort himself out and not be as creepy as he is. That said, could he... You know what? He'd have probably made a good Riddler. I think he's weird enough to play the the Riddler. Could he play anyone? Could play the trickster in the Flash universe? I know that I've, I've very much just put him back in the universe, like in the... You know is the universe he comes from but uh could play the trickster because he's like a bit a bit of an oddball I'm trying to think of anyone else oddball-esque that he could play could he no i'm going trickster from the flash i think you know a, a relatively expendable character as well that you know like they could kill off pretty easily yeah put him in as that because i don't think he should have ever been the flash he's not my flash anyway doesn't really fit the criteria for me to be Barry Allen. Nowhere near Wally West. None of the none none of them. None of the none of the other flashes. Doesn't need to. He didn't need to be there in the first place. And I think especially here now, he kept the role on a technicality in my eyes because they cleaned house on most of them, but then kept him. Nah, don't need him. So Trickster and hopefully killed off pretty quick. Who else have we got? We have Ray Fisher, so he played Cyborg. It's a pretty shame, a bit of a shame that he can't play Cyborg again, honestly, because I actually think he did a good job. Um, a lot of controversy there, so I'm going to steer clear of that. Who could he play? I'm going to I'm going to pick a black character. Um, I'm not going to make a white character black or a black character white. So I'm going to go with it got a few that he could play actually i reckon he could play he could play black lightning jefferson pierce i reckon he could he, he could do that and that said do i always do i think when i think black lightning now i go back to the tv version he's a bit older could play john stewart that could work i suppose you know what i reckon if you're gonna put someone in you know put him in as mr terrific i, I reckon mr terrific would be you know be a pretty decent... What was his name? Michael Holt, is it? Michael Holt? Something Holt, I'm sure of it. My mind won't work at the moment. It's something along those lines. Yeah, I think one of the... One of the smartest men in the universe. You know, yeah, I think that could work. You know, he doesn't have powers. He He's invisible to technology thanks to his own nanotechnology that's woven into what his mask and his suit and stuff like that. But I kind of feel like Batman S powers, you know, power set with being non, he has technology on his side. You know, that could, that could be a good shout. So we've got Momoa, Lobo, Affleck as Hawkman, Cavill as Jarrell. Gal Gadot as Talia Al Ghul, Ezra Miller as the trickster, hopefully killed off pretty quick, and then we've got Ray Fisher as Mr. Terrific. So, if you've got any ideas, please give me a message because I'd love to hear what you'd what you'd put them all as. 
If I was going to put them in other universes, though, I I do really think that Henry Cavill would play a pretty good Captain Britain. Yeah, I I could see him as Captain Britain. I could almost see Momoa, minus the beard, as a, a very tanned sentry. And I kind of feel like they, they're not bothered too bothered about what they're going to do with the sentry because they've got Stephen Young playing the sentry, which to me just doesn't make any sense because he, he's not big enough. So I don't know if they've got him hitting the gym or what. But he's too short as well. Not blonde enough. So I kind of feel like... I'm thinking hair-wise for Momoa and the fact that he's he's pretty pretty ripped. He'd fit the suit all right. Yeah, I, I reckon he could play that. I reckon Gal Gadot would play a pretty decent... She would have played a pretty decent Black Widow, I reckon, back in the day, obviously. Scarlett Johansson's got that and you know, now is dead. But, well, not her character's dead. She's not dead. Um, ben Affleck... I'd give him, you know what, he could, you know, realistically, I actually think, I actually quite like the Daredevil film, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give him that, you know, I know I've said in a previous podcast that Matt Damon would have done a better job, and I do think that, but I actually think he did an okay job, so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that, he could be Daredevil again, why not, Charlie Cox might trip and hurt himself, and they might have to put Ben Affleck back in, so who knows, Um so, well, Cavill's playing Captain Britain, which I think could still happen. I, I, I've got, I've got hope for that. We've got, um, we've got Affleck playing Daredevil again. Why not? We've got Gal Gadot playing uh, Black Widow in an alternate universe. We have, you know what? Ray Fisher would play a good bishop. I reckon. Doesn't even have to have the dreads, bishop. Just, you know relatively silent type yeah he played a good bishop from x-men yeah coming back from the future trying to save the past you know trying to save his future at the same time yeah that would work for me i reckon i reckon ray fisher for bishop would be a pretty decent shout so we've got ray bishop uh ray bishop ray fisher playing bishop um affleck daredevil's oh no daredevil's dad's been you know, I could play Daredevil's dad. He, he did. They had showed his dad in the uh, in the Netflix, but ne- this is supposed to be a whole new incarnation. So yeah, Daredevil's dad. I'm going to go with could be what um, Jack Murdoch. Yeah, so I reckon that would work. So we've got Jack Murdoch for Affleck, Henry Cavill playing um, Captain Britain. Who else? I said Black Widow for Gal Gadot. Who else could she play? You know what? You could, I know that they already cast her in the Netflix one, but if this is a new incarnation, she'd make a pretty good Electra. Yeah, put her in as Electra. I know that obviously Daredevil's not going to make it to film stages, I'm sure, but realistically, you put him in one of the MCU series, there's a good chance that he'll end up in one of the films. So, yeah, put her in as Electra. She'd make pretty decent Electra. Decent fighter. I know I've pretty much just picked the same character for her twice over. So she was with Talia Al Ghul in, um, in the DC Universe, and I've just picked Elektra in this. Pretty, in my eyes, probably pretty mirror image characters to a certain extent. So, yeah, so we've got Gal Gadot. I'm gonna, I've swapped her from Black Widow. She is now going to be Elektra. We've got um, Affleck as Jack Murdoch, Daredevil's dad. We have Captain Britain for Cavill. Ray Fisher is going to be 
in my eyes anyway, was going to be Bishop. That's the one. Mine won't work then. So, Bishop. So, we have... Who else have we got left? We have... Oh, yeah, I said Momoa could be the sentry. Yeah. I reckon Stephen, you're now Momoa in. Let him have a shave. Yeah. And that just leaves Ezra Miller. So, who could Ezra Miller play? Like I said, I think they need to go off and get themselves sorted. Stay away from all that. He could play... You know what? I'd have him play Slapstick. So, if you don't know who Slapstick is, he was on the New Warriors... And he was in Avengers The Initiative, stuff like that. And he's basically a Looney Tune character that's, you know, part of them. So he has car his ability is cartoon physics, so it grants him superhuman agility, durability, reflexes, enhanced strength. When electrocuted, indestructibly, virtually unlimited, malleably, minimal reality manipulation. He's he, he can't be killed or anything like that, and he can make you know, like um Spider-Ham brings out a cartoon hammer. That's the kind of thing that he would do. So, I just think he'd play a good one of them. Just someone who is constantly cracking jokes and stuff like that. Shame he's, you know, like a fiend in real life. And I wouldn't really cast him as anything. So, anyway, that's it for this segment. Thanks for listening. So up next is Care of the Week, Bout 5. So I released Bout 3 and 4 this week, just on their own, without being a part of the full podcast. So the idea is, we I'm picking out of a hat, I'm going to pick, I've got round, we've got round A, round B, round C and round D. Round A, there's going to be four fighters, two V, 1v1, Winner advances until we have a finalist from Group A, same for Group B, same for Group C, same for Group D. Then the winner of Group A will fight Group B, winner of Group C will fight Group D, and then we have a grand final, and then they advance to the the mega finals that we're going to have after Bout 8. Okay, right, so I'm going to get straight on with it. So, Group A, round 1, first fighter is... Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. versus, let's see who she's up against, Quicksilver, okay, so that is main continuity Quicksilver, okay, yeah, right, so Quake can vibrate, you know, rock, anything that she, she can send out vibrations for anything, she can also feel vibrations, she can do lots of things with it, she can fire herself up into the air, she can use it as a weapon, Quicksilver, really fast, you know, because of that speed, probably a lot stronger at speed than he would be, I kind of feel like this is probably a bit of a mixed match, because I'm not convinced that Quake, you know what, I think Quake would put up a pretty good fight, 
she'd probably see the trouble coming. She'd make some sort of a vibrational shield around herself, possibly. Uh, could she be Quicksilver? I think Quicksilver would probably be too quick for her. I think he'd super speed in, he'd take her off guard, and I think that would be all she wrote. So, I'm giving this round to Quicksilver. So, Quake, you have been... KO! And you... Quicksilver advances. Quake, you go back into the running for the next time. Alright, so, first round goes to Quicksilver. The second round is going to be between... Let's dig deep... My first one. Hit Girl from Kickass versus. Can't open the the pieces of paper that I've I folded against Matt Parkman from Heroes. Right at <sighs> Hit Girl versus Matt Parkman. Okay, right. So Hit Girl. Pretty lethal. This is Hit Girl from the, the books, not from the uh, the awful second film. Um, yeah, she's uses a katana. She's lethal. Shoots people in the head. Cuts their heads off. Really, really dark person. Matt Parkman can get inside people's heads. Can make them think and do whatever he wants. Do I think that Hit Girl could kill Mac Parkman before he used his powers on her? Oh, would he know her intent before she did it? That's the thing. I think off first look, he'd think, oh, she's a little girl. And then would he get inside her head before she got too close to him? To be fair, Mac Parkman, he was a cop, you know. I'm sure he's used to defending himself. He's possibly wearing a stab vest. Hmm. He might get away with this one. No, I, I think realistically, I think Parkman would get in her head. He'd shut her down. And I think, unfortunately, no matter how much of a, you know, how much of a assassin she is, I think she'd have to... She's not going to beat Matt Parkman in this. So, unfortunately, Hegel, you get KO'd. So... KO! And you go back into the runner for next week. Matt Parkman advances. So, we have the final of round eight, which is Quicksilver versus Matt Parkman. Right. So, I'm going to I'm gonna logistically put this that basically... Quicksilver's so fast. Would he be able to logistically take out Matt Parkman... Before Matt was able to use his powers on him. I think that Matt might make think make Quicksilver think that he's killed him. And then shut him down. I think if we're thinking logistically. Quicksilver has been up against someone like Matt Parkman before. In the fact that yeah, Professor X exists in that universe. Has Quicksilver ever beaten Professor X? As far as I know, I can't even remember a time when they've even fought. I think that Parkman would get inside his head. I think he'd make him see pictures of his, his sister dying and all this, and it would it would mess him up. And I think Matt could shut him down, I think. I reckon Matt Parkman is winning this. I just don't see how Quicksilver, even with his speed, is going to outrun the, the pictures of his sister dying inside his head. 
So Quicksilver, unfortunately, it is a KO. And you go back into the pot for next week. And Matt Parkman, you advance to the battle between A and B. So I'm going to go straight on to Group B. So Group B's first one versus the second one. So the first fighter is... is Morpheus from The Matrix versus is this one Alan Scott from F2 so Alan Scott F2 um, he is Morpheus, I'll go Morpheus first because I brought Morpheus out first. So Morpheus, Morpheus is, you know, he's strong, he's fast, he can, you know, move probably, you know, pretty decently. Is he going to do anything against Alan Scott? Alan Scott on F2 is, in that universe, Alan Scott in F2 is a, it's not specifically, it was the star heart in the main universe, um, he is a avatar of the green. So the green is protecting all botanical life on the planet. So he is the champion of the planet, basically. He has green lantern powers, all that jazz. Realistically, Morpheus, no matter what you do in this scenario, I just can't see how you would beat Alan Scott from Earth 2. It's just not going to happen. So what I'm going to say is, Morpheus, unfortunately, yet again, you have been... And Alan Scott, you advance to the next round. Round two of Group B is going to be... I picked one. Oh, I've got two, in fact. So we have Static versus... Static versus... Nicky Sanders from Heroes. Bit of a Heroes affair coming. So, Static... Can control electricity, magnetize things, flies around on, you know, sometimes on a, you know, a manhole cover. Mm, not always the coolest thing in the world. Um, you know, pretty cool character. Nicky Sanders, super strong, depicted as Hulk-like strength. Can she beat Static? I, I just can't see it because it might be Hulk-like strength, but realistically, she ain't the Hulk. She's been taken down by enough electricity. I'm sure of it. I feel like realistically, if we've watched the show, if you've watched the show, Nikki Sanders' power was never really. They never really went into what would happen. You know, they never went far enough with it. So I think Static has taken her out. So unfortunately, Nikki, you have been KO. And Static advances. Nikki, you go back into the pot for next week. Or next time even. So we have Static. Or Alan Scott from AF2. Versus Static. So Alan Scott. He is the avatar of the green. So protects all botanical life on the planet. Um, static. Electric type. Uses it to throw things round. Can magnetise things. Alan Scott can I think I think if you think back to the original Alan Scott from F F one, the 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 golden age Alan Scott, 
the Golden Age Green Lantern, his weakness was wood, wasn't it? Yeah. So he, he couldn't affect wood, and it come from what a subconscious belief that his powers wouldn't affect the material. So I feel like they've they've taken this Air Two version and made him so that actually, you know, he can, you know, he is he's one with the the plant life on the planet. Do you know what I mean? So realistically, Static is going to fire as much electricity as he wants at him, but. Alan Scott's gonna use his powers, possibly even wood, to his to his advantage. He's gonna ground that, and then he's gonna take him out. So, not a chance is Static gonna be able to stand up to Alan Scott from F two. So, Static, you have been KO, and you go back into the run for next week. Alan Scott, you advance to the finals between Matt Parkman. So, what I'm gonna do is. I'm going to jump on to Group C now, and we're going to do round one of Group C. So I'm going to dig real deep for this one. I want someone we've never had before. Let's have a look and see who we've got. So we have the Utopian from Jupiter's Legacy versus... Franklin Richards. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> Utopian versus Franklin Richards. So Utopian, super strong. He's a Superman-like character, near invulnerable. Can fire the uh, fire uh, blast fire from his eyes. There you go, heat vision almost. Um, he can fly at super speeds, move at super speeds. He's uh, can hear a pin drop from the other side of the planet from. Jupiter even, do you know what I mean? Franklin Richards can warp reality. Probably one of the strongest mutants on the planet. Is he a mutant still? I know his mutant status was a bit up in the air a while back. Has he been reinstated as a mutant? I feel that's a bit of a dick move by Xavier if he's just chucked him out. But either way. So Utopian versus Franklin Richards. Utopian, even if he moved really fast, I just can't see him beating Franklin Richards. Franklin Richards is overpowered to say the least. Franklin can literally warp reality to whatever he wants. He could literally look at the Utopian and make it so that he never got his powers. He could warp reality that much that he could make it so that whatever entity give him his powers that he could take him out. I'm not I'm not even gonna go any further with that. Utopian, unfortunately, God like you know, walking around like a god, Franklin Richards is basically god level power. So unfortunately, Utopian you have been KO and Franklin Richards you advance to the next round Utopian you go back into the pile for next time so let's hope that someone uh, someone powerful enough can take Franklin Richards I'm not too sure if there is anyone who can take Franklin Richards so I have my next fighter for round two oh dark side dark side versus black widow Okay, um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. So, Dark Side, he's uh, he has Omega Beams. He's near invulnerable, super strong, psychopathic. Black Widow, uh, Black Widow. What can we say? She's a master assassin. Uh, you know what? Why am I even going through this? There is not a chance that Black Widow could beat Dark Side. There just isn't. He's too ruthless. 
she's not strong enough. It just wouldn't happen. So, unfortunately, Black Widow, bye-bye. KO! Darkseid advances to fight Franklin Richards, whereas Black Widow, you are put back into the running for next time. So, Franklin Richards versus Darkseid. Okay, right. Franklin Richards, you know... I've, I've said he can warp reality. He also has telepathy, telekinesis, concussive blasts, precognition, astral projection. Darkseid is basically the, the godlike... He's a god. And, and, well, uh, you know what? He just can't be Franklin Richards. Franklin Richards is overpowered in this scenario. I kind of feel like he need his his power set is for brawling. Franklin's going to get inside his head. That said, would he want to be inside his head? I kind of feel like that would be a dark place to be inside Darkseid's head. Mm, that is one thing that could get him there. But I know I think he might get inside his head, but he gets straight back out and then he'd warp reality. He'd probably make Darkseid think that he'd he'd found the you know the anti-life equation or something like that. So I. I'm giving this, this one's an easy one. So, Franklin Richards, you are the winner. Darkseid, you have been... KO! And... Franklin advances. Darkseid, you go back into the runner for next week. Right, that's going to be an overpowered... You better hope that Group D has got someone that can actually tackle Franklin Richards. So, Group D now. Group D, round one. So, I'm going to dig deep again. I want a decent battle. So, I have my first fighter, which is going to be Cyclops from the X-Men versus... Gambit with Horseman Powers. Okay, so Gambit with Horseman Powers versus Cyclops. So, Cyclops, Concussive Blasts, um, great leader of the X-Men um, underrated character in my eyes I feel like he takes a bit of flack um, Gambit when he was one of the horsemen well, he was probably he was powerful he can already get what is it he charges things with kinetic energy and makes them blow up um, as a horseman though he gets um, a degree of resistance against psychic attacks uh, he can create toxic gases as well so and you know Generally speaking, more durable as a horseman as well. Um, do I think Cyclops could take him in a fight? No, because I think the, you know, these toxic gases are going to take Cyclops out straight away. So Cyclops, unfortunately, you've been overpowered again. And you have been... KO! So Gambit, you advance to the next round. Cyclops, you go back into the runner for next week. So round two of Group D is going to be... I have this one, which is going to be Elijah Michelson. So this guy's fought before versus Yoda. Okay. <laughs> Elijah Michelson versus Yoda. Okay, so Elijah Michelson. Um, he is an original vampire. He is super strong, fast. Um, not invulnerable, but will heal from most attacks. Um, he technically is, um, you know, immortal. Uh, can be killed with white oak. Um, I don't think Yoda has white oak on him. 
Yoda does have a lightsaber. Do I think that a lightsaber would chop through a Michelson? Probably. I would. I don't think. Realistically, I don't think. I feel like my you know a vampire has to heal with his part intact, kind of thing. Uh, Elijah has speed on his side. Yoda's pretty fast. Yoda also has the force. Um, no, I, I, I think realistically, you know, the only way that Elijah could beat Yoda, you know know what, Elijah's pretty good at getting inside people's heads as well. Could he beat Yoda? No, I'm going to give this to my man Yoda. Not a chance Elijah Michaels is going to beat him in this respect. So, unfortunately, Yoda, you have, uh, unfortunately, Elijah even, you have been... And Yoda, you advance to the next round. Elijah, you have been thrown back into obscurity and away from this. So we have the Group D final. So it's Horseman Gambit versus Yoda. So Horseman Gambit, he, he's been picked by uh, Apocalypse to protect him. He's super, you know, he's strong, he's fast, he can blow things up, he emits, uh, creates toxic gases. Can he beat Yoda? I think Yoda would keep his distance. I think he'd use the force to his advantage. I Would he trap Gambit within his own toxic gases? Realistically, I don't think Gambit's toxic gases actually affect him because what would be the point in creating them? Uh, no, I'm going to give this to my man Yoda. I think Yoda would keep his distance. He would use the force to throw his lightsaber at him, take him out, and then pull the lightsaber back. I think this would be a quick battle. I don't think, regardless of how much explosions Gambit could do, he would take out Yoda. So, Yoda advances. Gambit, you have been... KO! And you go back into obscurity and wait for your next round. Okay, yeah, so... Right... We have the winner from Group A and Group B, so that they're going to fight now. So we have Matt Parkman from Heroes and Alan Scott from Earth 2. So Matt Parkman is probably in the Heroes universe is the strongest telepath on the planet. Can he, you know, Alan Scott, you know, can make things with his mind, can do lots of things. Is Matt Parkman get, he's, you know, Alan Scott's not dead fast though at the same time. He's strong. But is he getting inside? Is he going to beat Matt Parkman? Can Matt Parkman think faster than Alan Scott? Alan Scott Scott can. To, I can't get the name on. Alan Scott can to make something to stop Matt. I think Matt Parkman is getting inside his head. I think he's shutting him down. I think he's making him take the ring off himself. I think Alan Scott is going to spend the rest of his days thinking that he's a twelve-year-old girl somewhere. Yeah. I, I, I think Matt Parkman's winning this round and I think Matt Parkman is advancing to the finals of bout five and I think Alan Scott you have been KO and you go back into obscurity and wait for your next chance to fight so Matt Parkman you're in the finals uh, we have Franklin Richards um, versus, of Group C versus Yoda of Group D. So, I think this is going to be a good bout. I think Franklin Richards seems like the overpowered one in this scenario, but realistically, Yoda is one. With, Yoda can be one with the Force. He's strong, you know, for a little guy anyway. Um, great lightsaber, duelist. 
Franklin Richards versus Yoda. Do I think that Franklin Richards can beat Yoda? I think Franklin Richards might warp reality. Do I think Yoda would close his eyes and use the force to work his way out of it? Do I think that would be enough? Do I think that there'd be, while he's warping reality, there'd be a lot of telekinetic and telepathic stuff going on from Franklin? Do I think that would be enough to break Yoda? Yoda would literally say, do or do not, there is no try. Ah, Franklin Richards, could you beat Yoda? Ooh. You know what? I think you would, but I don't I think it'd be a pretty close battle. I, I think Yoda would put up a pretty decent fight. But I almost think Yoda would almost concede, seeing that you know, searching his Franklin's feelings and realising that he was actually probably a good person, so he'd let him you know, maybe back down slightly. Yeah, so you know, Franklin Richards, you are the winner. Yoda, you have been KO. And you go back into the pile for next time. I'm pretty sure Yoda's been knocked out before. He, yeah, he's come back strong. He's all right. He'll get over it. So what we have now is we have Matt Parkman from Heroes versus Franklin Richards from the Fantastic Four. So Matt Parkman, epic um, telepath. You know, his dad, his father was the Nightmare Man, Matt Parkman, in the latest incarnation of Heroes Reborn, which should probably just be struck from the record. He did have nightmare abilities. Um, Franklin Richards can warp reality. He has telepathic and telekinetic thing you know, powers. Can Franklin Richards beat someone like Professor Xavier? No, he can't. He can't. He, telepathically, he can't get inside his head. He'd have to move quicker than Matt could think, and I don't think that would be the case. I think Matt would shut him down. I think he'd get inside his head. He'd make him think that he'd warp his mind. And it's probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but I think a telepath, a strong enough telepath, could take out Franklin Richards. So I'm going to give this whole thing to Matt Parkman. That is three heroes, um, you know, characters in the fight in the grand final. So the rest of them need to pull the finger out and actually work a bit harder, if you ask me. So in my opinion, Matt Parkman has won the round and. Franklin Richards, you have been KO'd, so... KO! And that is it for today's um, KO of the week. Matt Parkman, you advance to the Grand Finals. Franklin Richards, you go back into obscurity and wait for your next chance to...
Today's comic to read before you die is The Strange Talent of Luther Strode. So, I read this book a long time ago, and what's not to love about it? It's got great, great art in it, great story. Yeah, it's something that we've all wished, trust me, as someone who, you know, like, I didn't get beaten up, but I did get picked on a bit. The idea is we've all wished to be better than what we are kind of thing. Stronger, faster, you know, able to dish out some punishment. No, it's great. So, basically, Luther Strode is your average geek until he sends for an exercise course from the back of an old comic book. So, when he gets the instruction manual, from a, it's from a murder cult. He doesn't know this at the time, but... It's as old as mankind, and it does everything that's promised and more. So, basically, the idea is that when he he goes through... He basically, he almost goes through a transformation kind of thing. He he, go, he reads the book. He does everything that it asks of him, and he gains quite a lot from it. So, when, was, when I say gains quite a lot... So, it basically... It does give him powers as such. So, he gets superhuman durability, stamina... Um, strength, superhuman senses. Um, so he also gets accelerated probability. So he's almost precognitive because he's seeing everything and he can go through every possible outcome. Um, he's got enhanced vision, superhuman speed, agility, reflexes. He can even regenerate. But he is a human. He is just human. The idea is that he's he's. He's trained his body and his mind to a point where he can control it without any problem. So he can actually make his cells regenerate. So near immortality because of this, because basically if he can do that, nothing can really kill him. He can keep his body regenerating so it won't get old. Body manipulation, so it, it's a perfect... It, that's basically what it is. So it's the, basically the perfect connection between his mind and his body so he can will it to do what he wants he's got enhanced intellect from it you know it's just a great one the the only downside is that he he gets um, the killer method from it so this is this is his weakness as well do you know what i mean so basically he is physically transformed so it's not just his mind and his spirit; it's his physical appearance. Muscle mass is better. He's it's enhanced, perfected. He's more attractive. He's handsome. He gets taller. He's more elegant as a person. His voice is different. He's charismatic. Um, his skin's flawless. Um, his hair is great. And he actually becomes more irresistible to the opposite sex because he's actually given off more pheromones. DNA doesn't prove that anything is different about him. But because of this killer method, he also has the idea... The one main problem with it is, though, that it also it becomes a killer force. So the, it's the source of his power. It's uncontrollable. And it's an instinct to slaughter. So he he can almost see people with his enhanced vision. He can see their nerve endings, their muscles. It's almost like he can... He, his body is telling him to, you know, be the alpha male, to be the um, the apex predator, to to kill, to annihilate. But 
as a good person, he's trying his best not to do that. So, basically, the, the whole book is blood, gore, you know, destruction. You know, there is a lot of fighting in it. So, if you're not into all the blood and gore, don't read it, definitely. But, what I can say about it is, though, that it's a great story, and it's really well drawn. So, the story was wrote, um, co-created and wrote by... What's his name? It is Justin Jordan. So Justin Jordan, he was uh, he's an American-born comic writer. He's known for for basically Luther Strode at the moment, all right. Uh, which was published by Image Comics. So Image Comics is one of the only comic book companies that it's a creator-owned comic book. So it is his comic book. It doesn't belong to Image Comics. It was published by Image, Image Comics. Um, he also wrote 22 issues of Green Lantern New Guardians for DC Comics. So he wrote 69 issues of the New 52 uh, on Superboy, Deathstroke, and Team Seven. I, I've read, I've read the Superboy and New 52 Superboy for me was it wasn't quite my version of Connor Kent and stuff like that, but I, I can get on board with it. It was it was a new way to write him. He's worked for Valiant Comics, Boom Studios, Avatar Press, Vertigo. Um, in 2012, he was nominated for the Harvey Award for Most Promising New Talent. Um, one, he's one of the writers of the Eisner-nominated Dark uh, Horror Anthology for IDW. He's um, he's just a great writer. I, I think if you've read the story, you can understand what I'm talking about. But I think if you haven't, you should definitely go out and give it a read. I think it's an un- underrated more indie kind of comic. I know that it's it's published by Image, but at the same time, I feel like Image is still one of those companies that's kind of still on the back burner slightly. And actually, Image Comics actually produce and publish a lot of great comics. And I'm going to be bringing more of them to the forefront as, uh, as the weeks go on. Um, we also have Trad Moore. So Trad Moore was the, was the artist, and he's brilliant. I think I'd love to see more of his stuff, in fact. So, Tranmore, American-born artist. Um, he's worked for Marvel, Image, DC. So, he's collaborated on all three volumes of Luther Strode. So, the, the fair, I'm, I'm only going over the first volume at the moment. So, the strange talent of Luther Strode. But they do get better. They do get more gory. I, I recall from the second volume, there is, a, there is a particularly gory bit right at the beginning. And it's definitely worth, you know, the guy's got to screw loose to some of the stuff that he draws, let's put it that way. And in a good way, in a good way. I don't think don't think he's actually going out and butchering people, but he's definitely got some dark stuff going on in his head. So he does that, so he's he's wrote for this. He he got the um, he got DC Comics coming after him because of his work on Luther Strode. And he did um, the Batman anthology, Legends of the Dark Knight. So... That was a decent series as well. Really well drawn. He's wrote for he's drawn for Ghost All New Ghost Rider in the All New All Different relaunch that they did. He did um, he had a run on Secret and Secret Avengers. He came back and he he's he's finished off the Luther Strode series now. And he's done he's done Venom. He did the landmark issue 150. He's he contributes covers for Marvel all the time and IDW. He He's just a great artist, yeah, great artist, great visuals, definitely, like I said, got a screw loose, definitely worth a, worth, a, worth a look at anything that he's been part of. So, 
the the tale of Lufus Strode. So Lufus Strode is a skinny young man who lived with his yeah with his mother, and he had one best friend. Um, he's into current books, video games. Lufus' new life started when his minor body were permanently pushed to beyond human capacity, all while biologically human. So he basically he's a kid. He gets bullied at school. He you know he is a geek. He is a nerd. He likes comic books. He literally finds. An old comic book, and there is a number, you know, a mail order for the Hercules method. So he sends off for it, comes back, and he starts working on it. And as he works on it, he, you know, he finds that he's getting stronger, faster. His body's changing. You know, he finds that he can see things before they happen. He can see, like, his mum dropping plates. So he grabs her, stops the plates from smashing. He ends up getting bullied in school and the bully you know picks on his friend then you know he ends up accidentally picking on him back because he doesn't realize his own strength his power and then there's a fight that ensues and he ends up breaking the guy's jaw without much effort whatsoever and really it's just one of them that i think anyone who's been picked on at any point can kind of relate to the fact that you know having a little bit extra power is one of those things that basically we'd all love we'd all love a bit of extra power we'd all love a little bit of payback on people who have done stuff to us as i say the only drawback to his powers is the fact that it comes with an overwhelming urge to slaughter murder maim and he can it's almost like it's a bloodlust it's almost like yeah he's he's almost become a vampire in a certain respect that you can basically he can see people's insides he can see their blood pumping he can he can see their their muscle mass he can see where to hit them to do the most damage and it's just brilliant the the only one of the things that happens in this is obviously there is a love interest we all know there's going to be a love interest the love interest um comes in the form of petra she's goth girl she's attractive you know I think half half the, now that you know that he has pheromone powers though you almost think has he has he lured her in with his pheromone powers. To be fair, I think she liked him before the pheromone powers, so I think it's just enhanced that. There is also a great bad guy in this, and yeah, he's just absolutely brilliant in it. The librarian just brings new levels to sadistic. Honestly, you know, it's so well drawn there at the same time, you know. To be fair, the librarian was the one that passed on the Hercules method to Luther, but wants him to join him. And when Luther won't, he intervenes by going a bit mental, taking out a lot of people that Luther likes, loves. So the idea is, you know, Luther ends up taking him out as best he can anyway. And, um, yeah, it goes on like that. It's It's just a great story. So gory. So brilliant, do you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, near immortality is definitely the case with these guys. When I say near immortal, just then, you know, they, they can regenerate, but there's only so much you can regenerate from if your spine gets pulled out of your neck. Um, yeah, so great book, great artwork, definitely should be on your list of comics to read before you die.
please give me a follow, like or a comment, good or bad. If you want me to cover something in particular, let me know. I'm Matt and this has been the Glass by Day Geek by Night podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.